everybody. You are listening to Hotter Than Health, the podcast. This is a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, and an overall healthy lifestyle. My name is Eliza Gellman, and I am so happy to have you here with me for today's episode. For our guest, you know, on Thursdays we have our in depth interview. We have a very special guest today. We've been chatting about this for months. I couldn't be more pumped. If you follow me on social media, you have seen me talk about Adash. It is an adaptogen based cold brew coffee, and I couldn't be more pumped about this. Truly, we have a giveaway for you guys at the very end, so make sure you stick around for the giveaway details. I also have a code for you because you're going to want to try all of this afterwards, and I can tell you it's affordable, it's delicious, and hopefully it's going to be sold everywhere. If you're in Charleston, um, this is absolutely more of a local brand, and we want to make sure that we are supporting them especially female-owned businesses. They're just fantastic. So today on the episode, we have an interview with one of the founders, Kelly Broderick. She is fantastic. All throughout the episode, we are going to be talking about her story of dealing with postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression. We actually get into some specifics about how to keep the romance alive after having a baby and how to figure out, do I have postpartum anxiety? How to cope with these things? What are some strategies that aren't just um, taking some sort of pill? And I definitely do think that there are there is a time and a place for medicine and doctors to prescribe things, but I do think it, it definitely is our due diligence to talk about the options that we have, um, whether it is preventative, whether it is something we can do supplementary um, to give something a try. I think that going the holistic approach when you can is always the way to do it. Um, I understand that there's definitely interventions and there's definitely situations that we do need different types of medicine, but all in all, when we can take a holistic approach to things, I think that it's a little bit more sustainable and overall better for our overall health, right? So we are going to talk to Kelly Broderick today about her, uh, we're going to go through her entire story of how she got into adaptogenic cold brew. She said she had trouble sleeping. She had anxiety and worry, and she went to so many different doctors. She had gained a significant amount of weight. She was constantly tired. She had migraines. She no longer felt like herself. She worked on her diet. She worked on stress management. But then she also started incorporating herbal supplements. And I know for some people, they just think, oh, wow, you steeped a bunch of fucking tea. That's not the case, you guys. For uh, for Kelly specifically, she immediately began taking a combination of a few different adaptogens that we get into today. And she said that after about six months, it radically, radically changed her life. And she said she finally felt like herself. And she knew that it was so important that we got the conversation out there, not just for mothers, but for anyone who um, potentially has any type of stress, any type of anxiety. I think that what we should also put out there is that this is not just a supplement to cure anxiety. Adaptogens truly do get down to your, I I like to call it at your equilibrium. So if you're super, super anxious or stressed out, or maybe you just had a ton of coffee that day, adaptogens can kind of bring you back down to base level without making you tired. Uh, That's why I thought it was a really fantastic idea because when you have anxiety and I've definitely struggled with this or um, I know that if I am like pre-period or like I am right now or if I have a lot going on at work or if I feel that kind of I just get this feeling sometimes that I'm just not good enough. It's a self-worth thing. I'm working on it, but it is really taxing on your mental health and I think that I'm not going to cut coffee out of my life. So it's nice to know that there's a brand out there who recognizes that we don't necessarily want to take coffee out of our lives, but we also want to see how we can make it beneficial and work for us rather than against us when we do have those anxious moments. We know that things like alcohol, no sleep, caffeine, terrible for triggering and stimulating anxious thoughts and anxious habits and stress. So what a dash did was they realized that they wanted to interrupt the market without interrupting your day. So they interrupted the market by establishing a brand and a beverage, which is a super tough industry anyways. And they did it and they solved a problem. I can tell you that every time I drink a dash, 
I have never been jittery, usually cold brew, like, I mean, usually I'm shaking. I'm like a leaf in the wind because it's so strong. This one, I can have it midday and not even tell. I can tell that I'm more alert, but I'm never speed talking. I'm never snappy. I'm never overly stimulated like I am with a lot of different types of coffee. So I just really appreciate this. And I knew I had to get her on the podcast. I'm going to let her tell her own story in just a minute. But before we do, I just want to make sure that you guys know that it is so important to like, subscribe, and review the podcast. Thank you guys so, so much for doing that. Um, it means a whole lot. I look at them all the time. So if you haven't already reviewed the podcast, please let me know. Um, and also, thank you so much. Recently, I've gotten more messages from people who have been listening to the podcast. If you do listen to the podcast, if anything resonates you, it means the world when y'all send a message. It's me, obviously. It's not like I have a crazy following by any means. I can have a personal conversation with you. So it truly means the world when I hear from you all and you mentioned that the podcast has um, impacted your life. So truly don't stop doing that. It keeps me going and it keeps the fire alive for the podcast. Speaking of the podcast, what else do I ever fucking talk about? But speaking of the podcast, just wanted to let y'all know I'm switching to every other week. We'll be dropping a solo episode as well as the interview so that we are not overwhelming you and you can catch up and you don't feel like you have a million to listen to. So every week we're going to have the interview and then every other week we are going to have an interview as well as a solo episode. All right. So be on the lookout for that and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss either of those. So uh, before we get into this conversation with Kelly Broderick, which I'm so excited about, I wanted to also let you guys know and send a quick reminder of my services that I offer. So there are two things that you can do if you do want custom nutrition programming that is more curated to building healthy habits, focus on plant dominance, whether it's weight loss, whether it is getting off of a million different diets, whether you've, just to give you some perspective, a lot of women that I've worked with in the past, they have tried multiple diets. They have, um, they've tried all of the supplements. They think they're doing everything perfectly. And we kind of go in and deep dive into their lifestyle and figure out what exactly, what exactly has been holding them back whether it is mindset, whether it is sleep, we're trying to work on digestion, energy, plant dominance, but not a rigid restrictive diet plan. So if that's something you're interested in, make sure you book on my website. You can do a free strategy call to see if working together is a good fit. And if you already know that working together isn't a good fit and you're just interested in healthy monthly um, plant-based gluten-free, dairy-free, non-processed recipes. They're super simple. You can always sign up for the subscription-based meal plan that I have on my website. It is elizagwellness.com. And you can go to either go to plans and pricing or book to book your strategy call. Figured I would let y'all know that this isn't the only shit I do, you know? All right, so let's go ahead and get into today's episode. I am thrilled to have Kelly Broderick. Make sure, sure, sure you listen until the end of the episode so that we can uh, make, what am I saying? Make sure you listen until the end so that we can go over the giveaway that we have going on. If you don't feel like entering a giveaway, if you're a psycho, then you can also just use the code ELIZAG15, shop a dash, make sure you follow them on Instagram at drink a dash on Insta. All right. I know you guys are going to love today's episode. Welcome Kelly Broderick. Honestly, the desire to be intimate was like zero percent. Like I had no interest in it. Well, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today because I know that like we were just talking about before we started, ashwagandha is a hot word, but adaptogens are an even hotter word. And I feel like ashwagandha is just the one that people know. And so when we initially started speaking, you have a dash, your uh, adaptogenic coffee company, and it's brand new and it's just starting to come to the surface. And I just really want to hear about why you really felt there was a need in the market to 
put a product out there that it may seem like there's other products out there with adaptogens in it. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about a dash. What makes it different? Tell me about it. And like, have you always known that you wanted to get into this type of business, entrepreneurship and food and bev even? Yes. So not at all. Um, I've been in the, I've been in the food and beverage industry for my whole career. So I love food and beverage CPG. I've always been in the bev out market, um, but have really always been obsessed with kind of new brands. Um, as I've gotten older, I started being much more into kind of natural brands and what was in the emerging category and consumers that are looking for health and wellness um, based on trends. And just kind of as I became older and was more worried about my health and wellness and fitness, um, just started taking to learning more about it. And when I was out in the market looking for brands and just seeing what was kind of coming out in the category. So I've definitely always been interested in like learning about brands, launching, launching brands myself within my corporate role, um, but never had the entrepreneur bug. Like, you know, you hear a lot of entrepreneurs are like, oh, I was, you know, lemonade stands or I was cutting lawns and shoveling driveways and had all these little businesses as a kid in high school. And that was never me. You know, I always, I, you know, was always focused on getting into a career, you know, working in that and just doing a good job. Nothing really remarkable in terms of like what I was trying to do in terms of career or category and trying to recreate anything. Um, and entrepreneurship was really something that started for me when, um, I had some issues, some health issues that um, led me to start learning about adaptogens. So I became a mom in 2017, which is the most rewarding and amazing experience, but it's also a really challenging experience. And it's been great. I feel like since becoming a mom, there's a lot more out there where people are sharing how difficult and sharing more of their stories, but um, people still don't necessarily know all the things that go behind it. So Um, I had a lot of problems postpartum with my mental health. I was dealing with severe postpartum anxiety and depression um, and just really wasn't myself. And it took a toll on my marriage. It took a toll on my mental health. um, And I finally decided to start seeing a physician about it. And I had started listening to tons of podcasts and trying to work on things by myself. So that's really kind of kind of when I went more in depth in the health and wellness space. Um, I found an integrative practitioner in Chicago. Her name is Dr. Kelly Sims. So if anyone in Chicago is listening that's looking for a naturopathic doctor, she's amazing. Um, and she really helped me. So I found adaptogens through her. So as soon as I saw her, um, I started taking a blend of it was rhodiola, maca, and ashwagandha. And it was addressing all of my kind of HPA problems with my hypothalamus, pituitary, and adrenals. Um, I had like bottomed out cortisol, just really high levels of stress and adaptogens really transformed my life. So I started taking them. And after about six months of working with her, I'd seen a total transformation in terms of how I felt in terms of my energy, my fatigue, um, I don't know if this is I think yeah. <laughs> based on you based on your um your podcast, my sex drive, like I know that is some yeah, my libido <laughs> had completely bottomed out. And you know, you think that's normal as a mom or like postpartum, everyone thinks that just happens, but um it's not natural, you know. There's I wanna stuff- yeah, I wanna talk about that. You yeah. so of course it's it's definitely coming to the forefront more that conversation because we have social media we have 10 million podcasts and one opening up and starting every 30 seconds um but i do think that like come on and i think that it's a it's amazing that it's becoming more of a conversation but stress now more than ever we're realizing the effects of it on our body so can you because we do have we have moms that listen to this we have women who are struggling with anxiety and i genuinely feel like even when I have a child someday, if I do, then I am concerned about that postpartum. And and my concern is that it will be unrelatable to my partner because the guy doesn't necessarily quote unquote go through it. Yeah. So it almost seems like it's um, stifled a bit or it, like it's not a shared experience because it's something yeah. that's physically happening to you. So yeah. can you actually give like specifics of your situation. So you had your baby in 2017, then what were some of the specifics that were happening? Like get as 
macro as possible yeah. or as micro as possible yeah. on how you were feeling, what was happening physically and like yeah. that entire situation. Yeah. So, um, becoming a mom is like terrifying in terms of you either you're at the hospital and there's like everybody there, everyone's there to help you. And the nurses are like whipping the baby around and you're like, Oh gosh, it's a little scary, but, and they're, you know, changing him, helping feed him. And so for my kind of, it started off at the beginning. So my son had trouble latching. So we were, you know, having difficulty breastfeeding. And when we left the hospital, I was not confident at all. I felt like he wasn't eating enough. He was losing weight and, you know, crying a lot and see, you know, people are like, well, he's an infant. That's he's a newborn that happens. And you go back into the doctor the first week for them to check on the baby and make sure they're gaining weight. And my son had lost weight, even though he was, he was a little one when he was born. So he was six pounds, eight ounces. So not very little, but I'm a petite person myself. So I guess normal, normal size. Um, he'd gone under six pounds in that week. So, um, that started bringing on huge levels of anxiety of, um, you know, not, being able to do something that my body was supposed to be able to do was supposed to be natural. And um, I started kind of removing tons of things from my diet to see if that was the problem. So um, I had a really healthy pregnancy. Like I gained um, just under 30 pounds, was active the whole time, exercised the whole time, um, and then had my son. And this will seem kind of crazy, but I had, you know, lost some weight right when I left the hospital. Within two or three weeks, I'd lost like over 40 pounds. So I was, yeah, over 40 pounds. Yeah. So I was down below like my pre-pregnancy weight because I was just so stressed out. I wasn't taking care of myself. I was only thinking about my son. So I'd like cut out all dairy. I'd cut out all gluten. I'd cut, I was trying to get to the bottom of why he was having trouble latching. And I also want to get, I want to point out something that you just said. You went yeah. to, you went to an appointment the next week for your baby. There yeah. are like I, I mean, obviously I'm not a mother, but there are like no afterbirth appointments for mom. Yeah, <laughs> Can we just touch get, on that? Yeah. But, you go to one kind of like at the end of your period where they like kind of clear you. So it's six to eight weeks yeah. postpartum. And but like, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So they're not really, I mean, they kind of like give you a stress test, like totally. just to make sure that you're and mentally healthy enough to not like hurt yourself or the baby. Um, but they don't really talk about, you know, it's kind of, which was surprising too. Cause like everyone was like, Oh my gosh, you look so great. Like you've lost all your baby weight. And you're like, it's kind of not <laughs> healthy probably like what's going on mentally and physically with me is not normal and it's not natural. And I was just constantly stressed and worried. So, so you I'm lost just, 40 pounds. Yes. From like when I went in to have my son to two weeks later, I'd lost 40 pounds. So yeah, yeah. What were you, what were some of those stressful thoughts can, and it like so many people who have anxiety right now in life, they might not suffer from postpartum anxiety, but yeah. I've heard from other moms and other podcasts and conversations, even just with yeah. my aunts and stuff like that, they yeah. have said that they have had the craziest thoughts running yeah. through their head when they have a baby. Yeah. And I don't want to touch on this because I clearly am not a mother, but yeah. what were some of the thoughts that were going through your head that you thought were crazy thoughts? Oh my yeah. gosh, this is going to happen. But if you said them out loud, people would have thought yeah. you were nuts. Yeah. So a lot was really concerned with like the safety and the health of my son. So I would like, we had to, he was obviously staying in our room when he was first born and we had to transition him into his own bedroom probably about a month afterwards, because I was just staying up all night listening to him breathe. I was terrified that he was going to not be breathing in the middle of the night and not wake up. And, you know, there was overwhelming thoughts around like if he got a cough or a sniffle or he was breathing, um, if I thought it was sounding like not natural breathing, that he was going to die. So like the thoughts that really consumed me when I was a mom for the first probably year or two years was like on his health and safety. Like I was constantly worried that something was going to happen to him, that he was, and I know it sounds crazy and like catastrophizing. And I think it's important because I think a lot of women have this and they just don't share it. Cause if you say it to someone, you're going to sound like a nut job. Like I was really just constantly worried that he was going to pass away and that I was that I needed to stay up and watch him every second. If he had like a runny nose, it was going to turn into meningitis or it was like something where I was just worried that 
whatever possibly could go wrong was going to go wrong. And I was always on alert to try and stop that. So it was all, all focusing my attention, my mental health, like was all worried and consumed about the health and safety of my son and making sure that he, I know it sounds kind of crazy, but making sure that he didn't die. And I was constantly worried that that's what was going to happen. And question on this, when you were having these thoughts and you were up all night, new parents don't get enough sleep as is, they just Mm -hmm. get zero sleep. So what was it like for you throughout the days? What was your, did it change the way you ate? Did it change the way you were moving? I mean, like, was your hair falling out? What was happening? Yeah. Yeah. So I did lose a lot of hair um, after I had my son and that, you know, that is, everyone kind of talks about that's typical. Um, But I'd lost, I'd lost a good amount of my hair. I was still trying to not exercise like at a level that I was before I had him, but like still trying to go on walks. Cause for me, like daily movement, low impact moving, walking is like my biggest stress reliever and it helps with my mental health more than anything. So I was luckily in that I was trying to, you know, do movement with him and go on walks still and do that. Um, I was really, my nutrition was very restrictive, I would say, because I was worried about like food allergies and maybe that's why he was having trouble gaining weight and that's why he was fussy. So I ate probably very, very clean, um, and in order to try and contribute to like more milk production, I was trying to get like more oats in my diet. I was trying to drink lots of water. I was trying to like treat my body as well as I could. And, um, like overly so where it almost turns into orthorexia, where it's like, if you deter from health, then you are going to, it's going to wreak havoc on everything around you. Exactly. So I was, I would say way over restricting, like what I was allowing myself to eat just based on of like, I'm, I'm hoping that this is not impacting my son's health. So I'm going to eat what I think is like the most hypoallergenic, best, cleanest diet that anyone could have. Um, and that was impacting, you know, my mental health and my thoughts as well. Cause I was just trying to make sure I wasn't eating to necessarily nourish my body. I was just eating to make sure that I was not nourish his body. Exactly. I was trying to nourish his body and not worry about him. And to be honest, like I had no thoughts about myself, which is not, not great. It <laughs> doesn't help with your, yeah. your mental health. So I'd been, you know, that's what I was focusing on there. Obviously that led to me like losing a lot of weight. Um, I went in to see my ob and she had recommended that I get back on birth control. So I went on Mirena probably, I think three months postpartum that I went back, that I went on Mirena and I'd, I'd never had an IUD before um, and a hormonal IUD. And I think that led to a host of some other problems that I had. Oh so. my God. We could go on for 10 and a half months about birth control. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I, um, once I got back, once I got on Mirena, I was having um, just kind of, I stayed on it for a little less than a year because it, it really you know, I'd lost, gone from like losing 40 pounds. And then I went on Marina and gained, gained a lot of weight. I was having a lot of, my thoughts were still kind of destructive, was still anxious, still worried. Um, and I was mainly like, I don't know if this is my hormones post-birth, if this is Marina, what's going on. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was on birth control, the hormonal IUD for about a year. And then I finally took myself off that. Cause I thought that was just not helping contributing yeah. to how I was feeling as and well. And then I feel like there are a lot of physical things that happen when you take a certain type of birth control. And of course, every mm-hmm. body is totally different, but yeah. when it's an unnatural form of hormone in your body at any point, it is going to do something. And I, I'm a huge advocate for finding natural forms of birth control, but yeah. that is, that's just my opinion. But yeah. I think also even from my experience of having a hormonal IUD and a non-hormonal IUD and then being off of it for two years and having a million different experiences, the pill for forever. It's like, I was having crazy feminine issues down there. I was getting like lots of yeast infections, UTIs, all these different types of things that never happened before. As soon as I got off, it was totally fine. And let me ask you this, um, and feel free to say, um, we're not talking about that, but (laughs) You mentioned, okay, libido went up once you started to feel better, which means that initially libido was down. You weren't wanting to, you were like not wanting to have sex like at all, probably. So can you talk about how the stress and anxiety and all of these different 
factors played into yeah. your romantic life and the role of, you know, supporting your partner who is also has a new baby, you know? So yeah. can you talk about some of those specifics and what that was like? Yeah. So I think, um, it is really hard for your partner to really feel like, you know, sympathize with what you're going through because it's something that men just will never be able to experience. They don't understand like this, they don't understand what we go through in terms of hormone changes and um, you know, what you're doing. I think my husband is so understanding and he was so helpful with the baby, but um, we didn't touch on this as well. My, you know, my son did have trouble breastfeeding and latching. So I eventually went to EP. So I started exclusively pumping, which, you know, was tough in terms of I'd get up to feed the baby and then I'd have to pump afterwards. So my husband would have to get up and take, you know, put him back to sleep while I pumped. And um, so I think it contributed a lot to both of us being more tired, more stressed. Um, like, of course, I don't want you hanging off my tit. I have a baby yeah. hanging off my tip and then also a vacuum cleaner. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, like honestly, the desire to be intimate was like 0%. Like I had no interest in it or that we were still having a healthy relationship, but the desire to be intimate and do anything at all was just completely gone. And it was, um, and it took like a really long time, honestly, to get it back. So started, you know, getting, once I started seeing a naturopathic doctor, I had gotten off the Mirena birth control, which I also leads to um, some desire to not to have a lower libido um, and started taking, you know, Shavatari, which is another uh, uh, route in, in, uh, in terms of adaptogens that addresses like female fertility and stuff like that. So I'd incorporated that into it and just started kind of working on my stress and it completely changed um, our relationship and my desire and my libido. And that is, I think a lot of the things men don't understand it's because like, obviously you're pregnant and like, you're probably not as intimate the whole time you're pregnant or at a, at a level that you typically are in your relationship. Yeah. And then you are a no-go completely after having a baby for, you know, six to more weeks, depending on how you have the baby. Um, and then, you know, your husband or your partner's ready to get back to, to normal and you are just like not their really... bounce back rate is so fast. Yeah. And you're like, I was in half. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it, I mean, in terms of like our intimate and romantic relationship, I would say it took like two years for us to get back to where we were. And, you know, I think the hormones were a huge part of it. Um, but also, yeah, it's tough to, to communicate with your partner, something that you don't even quite understand. Of course. You're, you're not sure what's going on with your body and why you're feeling that way. And a lot of times I think people just blame it on like, oh, I'm different now because I'm a mom and it's not that exactly, you know, there's a lot of other factors and things that are going on and things that you're, you want your partner to understand. And it's hard to understand because but when you're so stressed, you don't want to have to explain yourself. It's almost a burden to have exactly. to explain yourself because no matter what, you know, it's always going to end up in an argument because yeah. they'll never be able to see eye to eye. They're never going to be able to be yeah. in your shoes. And I'm yep. sure there are a lot of things that men would like to explain or, or yeah. a partner would like to explain if they're not physically going through it either. Yeah. But if I were to try and explain that, I, I would, I would have to like go take a walk. I would need yeah. three hours away from my child to yeah. have one hour to take a walk, one hour yeah. to cry and shower and yeah. then another hour to write down what I was going to say. Hi, I love you so much. I'm going to try and articulate this in a way that's not going to be bitchy or condescending. Like it's, I never want to belittle anyone, but yeah. sometimes it's just so hard because they don't, they might not know. Um, yeah. well with, so you've experienced lots of different ups and downs after you had your baby and then you came into adaptogen. So you found a holistic practitioner. So yeah. did you initially go to a conventional doctor? What was that like? Were you running into obstacles the whole time? Yeah. So I had gone and seen like my primary care physician and um, a lot of times when you're getting your testing and you're getting everything done, like your, your levels are coming back normal. Um, I think a lot of this is due to the fact that a lot of time people are getting tested or going to their doctor because they aren't feeling their best then they're not at their healthiest. So your baseline is being compared to a level of unhealthy people. So the fact that, you know, I was getting tests done and like my, my blood work was looking great. My doctor was saying like, oh, you're so healthy. Like you're great. And you're like, but I 
feel horrible. <laughs> like I feel terrible. I don't feel like myself. Um, same thing with my, when I went and saw my um, OBGYN after, and she recommended that I get on birth control and that would help, uh, you know, some of the hormone the stresses that I was like the up and downs and hormones I was going through. And that's when I got on Mirena as well to obviously prevent another pregnancy so quickly after having my son. Um, and it was kind of more just like, no, your, your numbers look good. You're healthy. Like that's totally normal. Um, of course, of course. Yeah. And you're thinking, you know, I've, if this is what normal feels like, this is terrible. Cause I like, I'm not going to live like this. <laughs> exactly. So that's really why I decided to go to naturopathic doctors. Cause I know, you know, finding through podcasts and like trying to learn things on my own, I knew there was more out there and that there was physicians that would take time to talk about the problems, do different testing. That's not kind of like your typical blood work and panel. So I so went, you were saw, like, really yeah. So I honestly, in my community and like my friends, no one, I have a lot of friends who are, are, are doctors, um, or dermatologists or pharmacists and no one that was really more focused on holistic medicine, to be quite frank. Like I was probably the most interested in health and wellness um, of anyone in my network. So um, I kind of did Google searching, reading different reviews to find a um, functional practitioner that had, that felt right for me. And I, it was actually, um, I'd read probably like 20 different reviews on 20 different doctors. When I found um, Dr. Kelly Sims, she was close to where I lived in Chicago. She had, um, she focused a lot on women's health um, in terms of holistic women's health. And she just seemed like the perfect fit. So when I went and saw her for the first time, um, you know, you're there for an hour and a half or longer compared to a regular doctor who only has, you know, 10 to 20 minutes to sit down with you, look at your blood work. And then they're so busy and overworked that they don't have time to dive into any of the deeper things. So we had our first appointment. We went through everything that was going on with me mentally and physically, what my nutrition looked like, what my day looked like, what was kind of triggers for my stress. Um, and then we started, you know, working on stress management and incorporating those herbs in. Um, and she gave me a lot of resources to kind of do empower me to do my own research. So I started getting different publications, learning more, you know, doing Dr. Google and looking up adaptogens and then actually getting into some more of like the um, scientific li literature and buying books from different herbalists and learning, like really diving deep into more holistic medicine and ways that I could support my body, not just through food and through diet and exercise, but adding in these supplements and herbs that have been around and part of medicine, Eastern medicine for thousands of years that really um, don't get any <laughs> sort of love in, in the West until uh, more recently, it's becoming more and more accessible and edu there's stuff out there on education. But um, until I had like gone through my own hardships and started to look into it, I had no idea what yeah. an adaptogen was. I had no, you know, you'd heard of traditional Chinese medicine um, in Ayurveda just because I was more interested in health and wellness and had started doing some of my own research. But um, what no. for someone for someone who's just now tuning in and they are yeah. like okay when are they going to get to the point about what's an adaptogen can you explain yeah. what specifically an adaptogen is who it's yep. for and what the benefits are yeah so you can hear my fridge doing water back there um so an adaptogen are there classes of herbs roots or fungi that are non-specific and used in order to support your nervous system um, and to bring it into homeostasis. So they are all natural, either plants, fungi, roots. Um, they, they have been used in traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine for thousands of years, but really what they're focusing in the body is supporting with whatever your body needs. So um, there's different adaptogens in terms of like uplifting that give you energy and they all are non-specific and they address um, different use cases throughout the body. So some are more well known for things like ashwagandha, the one that I'd say is kind of like the queen of adaptogens. It's the one that has kind of the most scientific research done on it. The efficacy has been proved. It's really um, been around and kind of the leader as like a, a cure-all in terms of Ayurvedic medicine that they've used for, for centuries. Um, but ashwagandha is really targeted at your nervous system. And most of the adaptogens are working within your nervous system to address specific um, needs in your body. So um, the, the main classification is um, adaptogens like have been 
The term was coined in 1947 um, by some Soviet scientists that were doing research basically during the Cold War to find out like what was the most effective natural way to enhance your performance, either cognitively, physically. Um, and they came to this term adaptogens because it was helping your body adapt to whatever it needed. So that's really what an adaptogen is. It's a natural way to support your system, whether it be your nervous system, your immune system, um, cognitively, physically, whatever your body needs. These plants um, have the intelligence to help your body become its best and to bring it into homeostasis and bring so, it into balance, really. So basically, your body has its homeostasis, its baseline. And yes. so if it's really, really low and you're feeling depressed or super tired, that yes. type of thing, then it will go in and it'll say, oh, I observe that this is not at baseline. It'll kind of raise yes. you up. And yes. then if you've had 18 cups of coffee and you're just yes. wire jitterbug or you're or you're incredibly stressed. Maybe you had a super yeah. high intensity workout. It will kind of yep. bring you down. Exactly. But not tired. It'll just make you. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they work with the systems in your body to bring it to, like you said, to your homeostasis to, I like to think of it as like your most optimal self of where you should be, how your body should be performing, how you should feel mentally and physically. If you didn't, if you weren't encountering all these daily stressors, either, you know, biological stressors from the environment or mental stressors, just from like how we live our lives and everything that we are currently doing in this climate, either with COVID or just a lot of the things and, and how we live modern day lives. So it just supports your natural being when you exactly. are your, okay. I love that. And thank you for explaining all of that. And I, yeah. I know that so many people, they'll get the powder form. There's yeah. so many brands coming out with capsules and things like that. Yeah. So let's talk about what your product is. So a dash, yeah. we haven't even really touched on that. We talked yeah. about food in bed. We talked about, yeah. you know, libido and then yeah. fear of shaken baby syndrome. And then yeah. like, <laughs> so not to take that lightly. However, yeah. I want to hear about a dash. You guys yeah. sent me a product, a, a package of product. And by the yeah. way, I posted on my Instagram and everyone is asking about it. The packaging was gorgeous. Y'all mm -hmm. did such a great job. And I think Thank that it's you. so now more than ever in 2021, it's all about the aesthetic. It's about the look and it's about the experience that you get, yeah. not only when you consume the product, but when you see it for the first time, it's yeah. like, it's your first impression. You're literally yeah. shaking the hand of this product. Yeah. So applause for the way you produce Thank this and you. the way you put it out there. And you also had a handwritten note. Let's not forget that <laughs> girl. You're the best. So <laughs> I remember you guys you sent me, you, you and your business partner yeah. sent Megan, sent a sister, sent yeah. a couple of message messages over Instagram. And yeah. I was like, what is this? This is yeah. so interesting. Can you talk about what your product is and yeah. where, where it's going and what, yeah. what is it? What's the goal? Yeah. So a dash is an adaptogenic cold brew coffee. So um, what we believe is that the future of health and wellness lies at the intersection of convenience and accessibility. So for us, um, it's, it's important to democratize health and to make it available to everyone. And we know that food and beverage are something that we use every single day. So we wanted to make it the most convenient, most delicious way to deliver adaptogens to everyone everywhere. So I had been taking personally, you know, powders, pills, doing everything, building my smoothies, taking things on the road and had been trying to like fulfill my wellness routine for years. And then I moved to Tennessee from Chicago when I was promoted through my job and I started getting on the road and traveling much more often and it made it a lot more difficult to effectively keep up with my wellness routine. So I was like bringing, bringing with me my coffees, I was bringing with me my powders, my pills and like it's a little more difficult to do that when you're on the road. It's difficult to do when you're in hotel to make good decisions. Um, it's just not really accessible or convenient or if you're just super busy, like a lot of people just don't have the time to like build a whole smoothie and make it add in all your superfoods, add in your adaptogens. Um, or some people honestly can't take pills. Like there's a lot of the population that is unable to, or doesn't like to take supplements because it's uncomfortable for them. So and for a us, lot of these supplements are expensive too. a bottle of ashwagandha. If it's high quality can be like yeah. 60, 70 bucks. Exactly. So it's really, um, and that's, you know, part of our mission with, with health and wellness is to democratize it and make it more accessible because 
Um, if products are so expensive, it's only allowing a certain level of the population to gain benefits from it. And who needs who needs health and wellness and education and health and wellness probably more than anyone anything are people that um, haven't had access to proper nutrition or nutrition ed education and and don't have um, the financial means to spend you know sixty dollars on uh, you know sixty capsules caps or thirty capsules of ashwagandha that yeah. they don't know the benefits from and they don't know you know they're more focused on being able to provide groceries for their family as opposed yeah. to being able to take a take a supplement so and much easier for them to just go to the grocery store or a gas station and get a thing of tylenol you know exactly, exactly. so that was kind of what you know what our thesis is is the way to impact and help the most people is to incorporate it into their daily routine through things that they already use so we think that food and beverage is the future of health and wellness and that you know, we've seen some growth in the last five to 10 years, five years, especially where people are starting to add more functional ingredients that can benefit people into their product. Um, and what we wanted to do and our really our biggest point of differentiation is, is to bring in this hero ingredient, use it in therapeutic dosages in order to replace something in someone's wellness routine. So we want people that are taking ashwagandha to make it more easy and accessible and convenient for them. And then people who aren't taking ashwagandha, but people who are just cold brew drinkers or coffee drinkers to be able to incorporate this product in that's delicious, that's supporting their health, it's removing sugar from their diet, and it's adding in truly beneficial ingredients that can help benefit their mental and physical health um, and you know make it the easiest way for them to use it. I completely agree. It's like if you're already going to be using something, then it's there are ways to amplify. So it doesn't exactly. it doesn't completely disrupt your entire routine for people who can't necessarily do that. I love that. And exactly. you you mentioned something specific that we don't have a lot of people mentioning because yeah. so many people are coming out with products. So many people yeah. are pushing products, supplements, everything like that. And yeah. you just mentioned uh, dosage. So proper yeah. dosages are yeah. so vital. So yeah. I have a specific question for you. Okay. Yeah. Um, and if you don't feel good say, saying names, then you don't have yeah. to, but yeah. I think I would, it would be really beneficial to hear what are a couple of brands out there right now who are doing a good job of actually giving proper dosages in their yeah. food and bev or in their products. And then yeah. who are a couple that are saying, you know, they're just slapping a label on it. Basically, yeah. who are some people that are just using it as a name so that yeah. we know what to look for? Yeah, so I would say um, most importantly, I'll I'll share someone who I think is doing a really great job of it, um, and then you know I want to empower your listener to get on and and look at labels and kind of learn what dosage is it and and do the education themselves because. I'm a big believer that empowering people to take control of their own wellness, um, do their own research is really important for them to be able to stick to it and make it a lifestyle choice and, and improve Agreed. their health. Um, so I think a new company that's out there, another female founded and female owned company, um, they're in the ready to drink space as well. They focus more on medicinal mushrooms, um, but they're called Earth and Star. So they're one of the first leaders um, like us. We want to kind of be partners with other brands and lead this category um, in transparency, label transparency with functional ingredients, because um, a lot of people are out there putting these ingredients into their products, but are not sharing how much is in there. So you don't know if you're getting a minuscule dose that's doing nothing for you, or, I mean, you could be getting a dose that's higher than what a therapeutics, it's very unlikely, but um, you, if you're not providing the information for people and having label transparency and talking what a therapeutic dosage is, why we're using that in the product, why we, like us personally, we put it front and center on our packaging um, because it doesn't allow the consumer to have control of that journey and to understand why you're doing it. So Earth and Star is a really good one. Um, kind of the leader in medicinal mushrooms and functional mushrooms is Four Sigmatic. Um, they always have done a great job in terms of what ingredients they're sourcing, the efficacy of them, and how much they're putting into their products. Um, and for us, that's really kind of the biggest point is like we want a product that number one serves the health of our consumers is not using any bad ingredients. Um, that's all natural ingredients. There's no added sugar. There's no gums. There's nothing kind of in there that is not good for them. And then we're adding in things that truly help them. So for us, that was the most important package in terms of package design was to have that front and center on the label because 
there's really no one else actually out there that's doing that. Um, we put the caffeine, how much caffeine is there right on the front of it. We yeah. put the amount of ashwagandha we're using. And as we develop our other SKUs as well, it's going to be front and center on the packaging because um, we do think that's important because as functional beverage grows and the space gets more and more exciting for companies to join, um, we need to know, have the consumer empowered to know what there is in there. And I think especially in health, a health and wellness consumer does want to know what's in there. They want, they want to be able to control their health. They want to be able to know, be informed about what they're putting into their body. And then, you know, that's why we've seen brands like, you know, RX bar that grew so quickly. It was because there was label transparency, people knew exactly what they're getting. Um, and we're of that belief that the consumer is the one that that it's most important in the journey. That's who we care about and who we're serving. So it's paramount for us to have not only clean ingredients that we put in there, but to let people know what they're getting on each can so they can have control of their own health. So um, those are two companies that are doing a great job of it. Um, Honestly, I'd be hard pressed to find a lot of other people out there that are talking about it. Uh, I think in terms of some like the probiotic space and stuff like that, Olipop has done a good job of that and talking about like the fiber yeah. that they put in their drinks, um, you know, not including they don't have adapters or anything in there yet. Um, but a lot of the other brands that have come out that we've seen grown, um, I buy a lot of them. And, and honestly, you you don't know what the like what the amounts are in there. A lot of the times it's a uh, proprietary blend, which is um, good for IP and like protecting intellectual property, but it doesn't empower the consumer as much to know what they're getting um, and how to plan out the rest of their diet and supplement routine. Because if they're getting a full dosage of ashwagandha or rhodiola or cordyceps from your beverage, um, they should know that. And if they're not, they should also know that as well. So yours is not just an accessory, it's more of a supplement. Exactly. Yeah. So, and you know, that's really a great point. And what I'd like to bring up is like the way that we built a dash is that it's a wellness company. We don't see ourselves as a beverage company. We see as we see beverage as the best vehicle to deliver um, wellness to people. So that's what we're using and what we choose is the most easy, accessible, convenient yeah. way to get it. Um, but what we what we have is replacing something that someone yeah. already has in their routine. So you don't have to still take uh, a supplement where you're spending, you know, like you said, 60, 70, 80 bucks on another supplement. You have this can um, of cold brew that you're consuming daily already and you're just replacing it with something that is better for you and removing something else from your from your wellness routine so that's kind of our point of differentiation not just the label transparency that the fact that we look at our business as, as a wellness company as opposed to like better for you beverages or just functional beverages we're yeah. we're here to to deliver therapeutic dosages to people so they can um, be empowered to take control of their wellness and remove some other things from their routine that they don't need anymore well, I think that that's huge because so many people are, people don't know, and it's fair, I don't know all the time, but I, but I like to do this research. So sometimes it's, you know, people will hear the name and they're like, oh, well, I bought it because this girl said something. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, but, but if you were left to your own devices, would yeah. you be willing to do that research? And a yeah. lot of the time is no. And so I think yeah. it's nice to have a big female funded, founded yeah a company that yeah. is very transparent, direct to consumer, you control yeah. the product. So yeah. I actually anecdote, I right before, and this is for the audience, but yeah, <laughs> you too. So yeah. I have, a, I have still one more left of a dash and I thought yeah. I had it here with me. So before yeah. this interview today, I was like, Oh my gosh, you're drinking it. I'm going to go drink yeah. it. So I went to the kitchen and I just poured this in here and yeah. I look in the fridge and it was gone. I guess I didn't have it here. I thought I <laughs> yeah. did, but I was yeah. like, shit, I can't come back any handed. So I, yeah. I poured a little bit of coffee that I made this morning and yeah. some almond milk and yeah. I am a fucking jitterbug. And yeah. I, I don't even, normally I don't do more than one cup of coffee, but I thought it was fitting. There was adaptogens in it. I knew that yeah. every other time I have had a, a dash, yeah. I have felt amazing. And it's always been my second cup. So yeah. I, I hardly ever do a second cup, but yeah. when I do a dash, I don't feel like I can't sleep that night. I don't yeah. feel sensitive to it. I don't feel like I'm passing some threshold of yeah. no return anxiety and yeah. all that good stuff. It's, it's amazing how, yeah. how you don't, it's one of those things where you don't realize it until after the fact you, you yeah. realize it if you 
have a regular cup of coffee second, but you yeah. don't realize it if you have it. So that's what I love yeah. about this is it's not yeah. something that's going to shock your system and yeah. it's not something you're going to become super dependent on. Yeah. You're just going to feel, okay, this is how I actually should be feeling. So I've just been sitting yeah. here like a dingus drinking this <laughs> second cup of super high acidity coffee. Yeah. And I'm over here. Like, I mean, I'm, on the edge of my seat. It's not <laughs> ideal for an interview. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of like the whole purpose of a dash really is like, you know, we're talking about label transparency, but also it was very thoughtfully crafted and created and designed. So we're specifically designed to be lower in caffeine than on the other cold brew that's out in the market. Um, you're seeing like two, 300 milligrams in cans of cold brew, which is- That's crazy. You know, that's like three cups of black coffee. Exactly. And like what all the research behind and, you know, I'm super into like research like you. So I've done, especially when I was having like adrenal issues and cortisol issues and looking into the impact of caffeine and, and, you know, removing it for some portion of, um, when I was having some adrenal issues as well Is that like all the research shows that more than two cups of coffee today, you know, you're getting benefits in terms of cognitive performance, energy, um, inflammation all up until like that second cup of coffee. So once you're going over like 160 milligrams of caffeine a day, um, your body's not getting any benefit from it anymore. It's like kind of the crest of where you're getting benefits. And then it starts falling off in terms of, you know, the half-life is over six hours. So if you're drinking caffeine later in the day, um, it's impacting your sleep cycle and your circadian rhythm. If you're having three or 400 milligrams of caffeine, um, you know, you, like you said, you're, it's, it's leading to some other issues in terms of like, you're, you're a little bit of a jitterbug and everyone obviously metabolizes things differently, but, um, you know, all the research that we've seen behind it is that, you know, two cups of coffee a day is, is great for you. And then after that, you're really not seeing any benefit from it anymore. So we were purposeful in, in designing our cold brew that way and making sure that it was under a cup and a half. Um, you know, we're, we're trying and, and working on formulations and getting us to the product exactly where we want it to be. But our aim is to really be around a hundred milligrams of caffeine for a can of cold brew in order to support your, your adrenal system and make sure that we're not impacting it in a negative way. Um, and then delivering the full serving of ashwagandha in there. So what we have is something that's really been purposefully designed to support your whole system, as opposed to, you know, it's a kick of the caffeine, you get a little bit of energy. And we like to say, it's just none of the crash because you've got, um, measured levels of caffeine and also measured levels of ashwagandha, which are, are helping balancing you out. So that's, you know, we did design it purposefully and, and our other SKUs that we're, that we're working on are designed in the same fashion to, to serve your health and not impact it negatively. I love this because you are practicing what you preach and do you still, do you drink it every day? I do. Yep. So yeah, okay. I have at least, uh, I have one can. I try to do one can of coffee a day. I'm, I am a, um, more of a, like a ritualistic morning coffee drinker. So like, you know, me and my husband are big, um, coffee fans. Like we love coffee. So we always do like a French press in the morning. So I'll have a half a cup to a cup of like good single origin, grind our own beans at home coffee. And then in the afternoon before, usually I'll have like mid morning, I'll have my a dash in order to get a little bit of that kick and to get my full supplementation of my ashwagandha. So yeah, I do have, I do do it every day. I've taken ashwagandha now for since every day since 2017, the end of 2017. So it's yeah. something that is part of my daily routine. And now I've just kind of cut out some of the steps of um, I'll be honest. I take a lot of, I take a lot of supplements. Um, I want to, I want to get into that. And I yeah. love, I'm addicted to people's morning routines. I'm addicted yeah. to how people structure their day because mine yeah. is, as soon as I think I have a good system, I'm like, Oh, yeah. let's just throw a small wrench into here. So, and I don't have children, not married. Yeah. And I like, I'm, I feel pretty untethered. So yeah. you, we were talking about this before we started recording, but yeah. you have basically, you and your business partners have family, friends, bootstrapped this entire product, the entire yeah. process from, yeah. from idea to production to manufacturing and then distribution. Yeah. So 
you also have a husband, you have a full-time job and you have a child. Can you talk to me about what a day in the life looks like? What are you guys working on right now? So like get specific from what time are you typically waking up? What does your calendar look like? How do you structure your day? Yeah. So as you mentioned on there, I kind I do have a lot going on. Um, so, and I, you know, I discovered this, discovered it a little bit later. Um, you know, when you're a new mom, you're just like trying to survive and get as much sleep as you can. So like I'd wake up when my son woke me up basically in the morning. Um, and I've discovered that I need time alone by myself in the morning. Um, I like to exercise in the morning before anyone else gets up and it kind of gets me in a good headspace. Um, and it's, you know, that was kind of when I was trying to rebalance my cortisol levels. Um, I started exercising first thing in the morning to help it, you know, peak in the morning and, and kind of decrease throughout the day and get and make sure that I was on the, the right kind of circadian rhythm. So I usually wake up four days a week. Um, it's early. So I get up usually between five and five 30. Um, we have a bike at home. So I, I typically like to just hop on the bike and kind of do some low impact and um, two days I'll do some like lifting or squats or anything in our home gym. Um, not very high intensity. It's more just to support my mental health and kind of get my day started on the right foot, um, before my son or my husband wakes up. So I get up at five, they typically get up, um, between six 30 and seven. So I've got, you know, an hour to two in the morning before anyone wakes up where I do, um, I listen to podcasts. I usually do like some journaling or meditation. I do do like my what I need to do list for the day for both of my jobs. So I'm pretty organized. I like to batch my day out in terms of like, I'm taking these hours to do my emails. This is when I'm, you know, trying to focus on wholesale accounts and reaching out and contacting people. Here's some of our Instagram reach out. And when we're engaging with customers, um, so I, I batch out the day in terms of like what I'm focused on and what I need to do. So I've heard that from several other entrepreneurs and I have incorporated that into my corporate job as well as like my own businesses. Um, If I'm working on emails, I only do emails from this time to this time. I won't like answer emails. I try not to do it throughout the day or answer phone calls throughout the day. I like to batch my time and address it and focus exactly what I'm on, on doing. Oh, um, like, like when you're not doing an interview and you get uh, someone knocking on your door <laughs> to pick up a dresser that you sold on Facebook market that you didn't know was going to be there. That's not interrupting at all. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. So yeah, like that's kind of important to me is like plan the day out, get everything ready, um, get my kind of my mental get my mind in the right mindset before everyone wakes up and then i take my son to school every day that's important to me that's kind of our we hang out in the morning there's no email phone we try and stay off our phones whenever he's home because he does go to daycare or full, uh, school full time so you know there's precious time that we my me and my husband try to spend where we're you know not on our phones as much as we can be. So that's, you know, the hour in the morning from when he wakes up till we take him to school. And then, um, you know, when he gets home between 5.30 and 6 till he goes to bed at 8, that's when I try not to do any emails, any work, anything like that. Um, I work a lot on my full-time job during the day, like my normal hours. And then what I do for the business is kind of in the morning. I do a lot of that before I get started and in the evening when my son goes to bed. So um, my day are pretty packed. Um, What I currently do in my full-time job deals a lot with like distribution and distribution management um, in the BevAlk space. So we're working a lot kind of on our distribution and and we've launched direct-to-consumer as a way to really own our customer experience, test the product market fit and make sure that, you know, as we are rolling a product out and um, transparently, like when you have a recipe in your kitchen and then you move it into manufacturing or what's called like co-mans or co-packers, the process is very different. So like you have to iterate and work through it to get it exactly where you want it to be. Um, Sleep is very important to me. I know how much it impacted my mental health um, when I was a new mom and when I was dealing with a lot of stress issues. So I still try and get to bed before like 1030 every night to ensure that that I'm getting enough sleep for me to cognitively be able to run the business, run multiple businesses, I guess we'll say, and be, you know, show up as my best self as a mom and as a wife too. So sleep is still very important to me. And it's something that even though I probably could stay up (laughs) that late every night working on the business, um, I try to keep it, um, get myself those seven to eight hours that you need to be able to really function. Totally. Well, with that, I know that a lot of people listening maybe 
have a significant other, but everyone is busy. Like there's, everyone's busy. Let's just take that off the table. We get it. You're busy. Um, So tell us if you have any tips or tricks to kind of keep the relationship spicy, alive, or, or not even if it can't be spicy all the time, how do you keep it warm? How do you keep it healthy and good? What are some things that you try and prioritize with your relationship? Because I know even if you have a boyfriend, you know, things, even if you haven't been dating for that long, there are lulls and there are times when you, so what would that look like? Yeah. So for us, like the most important thing is like to always laugh with each other every day. So like we always, it sounds silly, but like we'll share throughout. And my husband works at home too. So I don't know if you've heard him at all (laughs) upstairs during this, but uh, we're around each other a lot, but we, you know, are in different offices and working throughout the day in and out. So like we always try to share like funny messages or TikToks or send each other things like throughout the day that we think each other would like or would find funny. And then, you know, when my random nude in there sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) So we try and just like try and keep it funny. And both of us love to like, just kind of touch base throughout the day. And then when we have our alone time, like when my son goes to bed, we like to, um, you know, find something that both of us like, like to watch and like we, try to keep our phones away from us as much as possible. We don't allow phones like in our bedroom. So a bedroom, we think that bedroom is a space for like sleep and sex and that's pretty much it. So we have like no TV. So yeah, we try and make sure that we are, are communicating well, always like making each other laugh and then making sure that we have time for just each other because we when we moved to Tennessee from Chicago, we like left most of obviously not most all of our friends and our family behind. So it was new for us in our relationship because we had my parents lived up there and were really close to us. So they could do date night for us all the time. They could do a lot of stuff to like help us in our relationship to have more alone time. So we've had to be a lot more intentional of like doing at home date nights or just getting once a month where we go out and we like just connect and that's probably our biggest one is like we're both on our phone all the time so when we're together we try not to be on our phones and to have engaging conversations and be more intimate in the moments that we do have together because they are fleeting so i'd say the best advice i could have in like relationships and i'm by no means an expert (laughs) um but what we try to do is just really have open communication with each other and like spend time quality time with each other because you can spend a lot of time with your partner your significant other and be distracted by other things i think the quality time versus the quantity of the time is the most important totally. and so you know my best advice in any relationship is to to make sure that you have that in uninterrupted and like dedicate your all your attention to your partner um, to make sure that you feel seen and that they feel seen and that you guys are connecting on like a deeper level and not just especially if you have kids not like just talking about your kids when you're out if you're going to dinner like don't look at pictures of like you know you're you miss your kids when you're away from them but like and honestly to be honest outside the door (laughs) yeah like your kid is cute to you 90 percent, and everyone else is like yeah your kid is cute and you're like no my kid is the cutest ever and I'm like I get it but I've seen kids before and so I totally get that I totally get that um I love that advice I think that's so important just to laugh and be super present with each other and especially in this day and age it's just you know anytime you get to make some real eye contact like take it for what it is um exactly well thank you so much for your insight, your intuition, your story and everything. I know that we mentioned we were going to do a little giveaway. So you guys, if you are excited about this episode and you're excited to try a dash, I'm telling you, I've been drinking it. I love it. Clearly Kelly drinks it every single day, but I want to make sure. So if you are listening to this episode, make sure you go onto the podcast app or iTunes, leave a review and we will look at it. We will see it and we will use that. And we're going to do a giveaway. So it's going to be for the next two weeks. So anytime you hear this, um, make sure you go subscribe to the podcast, leave a review and I'll pick a, uh, I'll pick a winner in the next two weeks. And if you are interested in trying it before then, or in the meantime, use a code Eliza G 15 for 15% off a checkout. That'll be live 
I guess now. Yeah, um, we activated it already. So it's already live for anybody to use. That's so exciting. So make sure you guys check out Eliza G15 for a dash. And I'm going to link all of these notes in the show notes. So if you just click on information underneath the podcast, you'll be able to see it there as well as on the Instagram. If you follow at hotter than health podcast on IG. So where can everybody find you? What is your Instagram handle? Where can people see more information? Yeah, so we are pretty easy. So we're at Drink a Dash on Instagram. Um, same thing on Facebook. You can find us at Drink a Dash. Um, you can find our website at drinkadash.com. And it's kind of got more on the story behind the brand, our why, and like what we're trying to do with adaptogens and a dash in general. Um, if you personally want to follow me, I'm Kelly Broderick Lammy on Instagram. Um, you'll get more pictures probably of my husband and son than you care for, but sometimes I put fun things on there for the business too. Um, but I wanted to say thank you so much, Eliza. This has been amazing. I think what you do for your community is so empowering. And I love the way that you make wellness and health accessible, fun, and informative. So I think there's such great opportunities for everyone that's on the platform to really take control of their health and like live their best life through, through education and, and using everything that you put out each week. And now a couple times a week for everybody. Oh, wow. Thank you. Well, I'm so pumped for everybody to try a dash. Make sure you guys check it out. Go leave a review on iTunes or Apple podcasts, wherever you find this episode. And we're going to get you guys next Tuesday for another solo episode. And we'll talk to you next week. 